Welcome to Do The Right Film. My name is Sean. My name is Thomas. <clears throat> My name is Steve. And I'm Harvey Gladden. Alright, cool. So on this episode, we have a review of The Upside. We're also going to be talking about uh, comedic actors in serious roles and going around discussing some of our favorites. And uh, we're also going to be talking about movies that we watched during the week. And we also got a review from whoever lost the game last week, which I'm not even sure who lost. You'll find uh, out then, I guess. Yeah. But, I uh, really forgot who lost. I, I, it's, that's terrifying. It was yeah. you. Yeah, that, that would suck if it was me. Cool. And uh, this is episode 99. Um, that's one away from 100. Yes. Man, we did 100 of these things? Yeah, so we got a we got a banger coming up on the next one. <laughs> hey, don't promise me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a spe- We're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to dress up. You won't see it, but we'll be here. Maybe you will see it. Yeah. Maybe you will. We'll see. But um, uh, how's everybody's week? Steve, how was your week? Uh, my week was pretty solid. Sorry, I was looking at this movie you mentioned earlier, and it does exist. Upside of Anger? Yeah, it's Kevin Costner and uh, Joanne Allen. How cool would it be if the other actor's name was Brian something? The only reason, the only reason I knew because I was trying to torrent this movie earlier this morning, <laughs> The Upside. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is The Upside of Anger? <laughs> so you're telling us that... You wow. didn't want to go. I just want I just want the listeners to know that uh, we don't support we don't support it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Come on, sometimes you, gotta, you don't. I'm sure there's one movie along the podcast. Oh yeah, hell like, yeah! Like, I don't see this. Is it all right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I really don't want to go to the theater for this experience. Right. Uh, that was last week, not this week. Anyway, yeah. real quick, real quick on this movie, the poster looks like it was like it looked like a movie from the '90s. But it was shot in like 2005. I should have just watched that. You should have just watched <laughs> this and reviewed that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my week. Anyone else? <laughs> cool. I almost pirated a movie too. I'll get to that later. Oh, okay. Not not because I wanted to. You had to. I didn't do Someone it. Someone had a gun to your yeah. head. Yeah, Harvey did have a gun in my head. Basically. Okay. <laughs> that's racist. Yeah, that is kind of racist. Wait, how? The, it continues. First Cards Against Humanity, now this. Oh, why is that racist? Because Harvey's black. Clearly. Yeah, and he's saying yeah. he has a gun. So, What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, it's a stretch. It's a stretch, but it works. <laughs> I guess uh, you're right. So how was your week? Oh, my week was good. Um, just nice. some, some working. Um, How's the cats? Oh, the cats are, are great. Getting along. Oh, speaking of that, I have a note in my pocket. You guys um familiar? This is actually a real thing, and I'll do it on the show right now. Um. He actually is so, pulling something out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't mean to pull this out, but you brought up cats. Steve and Harvey over my house last night, and they saw that um, there's a stray cat that I used to kind of like take care of, but he was terrorizing my... Uh, Frankie? Yeah, his name's Frankie, named by me and Taffy. Uh, Frankie has been uh, terrorizing my cat. We used to feed him and whatnot because I just... I got to save every cat in the world because I fucking love him. Uh, <laughs> but... We we stopped because we noticed that he kind of like sprayed in our little like hallway area his scent and then he uh, I know he just wants food and he wants you know to be warm because it's like twenty degrees out but nah, your cats just, come first remember yeah, that yeah I know my cats do got to come first and I can't have them fighting through the window all the time so I've been trying to avoid them and not give them any attention <clears throat> but I did walk out this morning looked at my mailbox and got this letter real quick you turn your shoulder get out of here says, uh, hi, I live down the street and often see a white cat with some orange markings outside your apartment. He's He's been friendly. I was wondering if you've seen him recently. I'd like to help get him neutered, but also want to make sure he's alive because he bit me a couple weeks ago, and I want to be sh- extra sure he doesn't have rabies. 
<laughs> what? Couldn't they just go they to, like, the, go to the hospital? Yeah, just get a <laughs> shot. <that> <laughs> like, like, I think you would know you have rabies within the first, like, what, couple, like, 24 yeah, hours? It takes a while to set in. Really? But, yeah. I think you would at least know. Uh, the symptoms I, won't show for a long says, time. says, uh, I haven't seen him since December 28th. Let me know, Alex. And then he put his phone number. Did you text Alex? I know. Yeah, I'll, I'll text him. So where's the cat right now? My, my girlfriend saw him this morning. He comes to our oh, house yeah? at least twice a day to beg for food. So does this guy want the cat? I don't know. Maybe he just wants to get it neutered. I think I think he is honestly just trying to figure out that cat has rabies. That's yeah. all it is. Like it was he's just trying a really, to sound like, nice, but he's like, "Fuck, I don't oh, have, fuck, I don't have health insurance." He doesn't yeah, want to yeah. sound like a bitch ass for getting bit. <laughs> There's a hospital rabies. right next to your fucking apartment. He could have easily just gone in there and like, "Yo, I just got yeah, bit yeah. by an animal." That, yeah. Let me know about that rabies thing, by the way. <laughs> by the way, let me know if that cat has rabies. Just curious, you know. I care about him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> about it <laughs> oh my god it's pretty good though right that's uh, yeah. fucking great um that's funny yeah that's my week in a in a nutshell <laughs> nice 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 yeah. harvey um i can't really top that uh letter <laughs> um i just worked the typical stuff um and i saw something interesting that i'm excited to talk about Nice um, movies. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought like you actually I saw, something saw like some on the train on the street. No, a movie. Oh, okay. A movie. No, I didn't see anything exciting on the street or anything like that. Oh, that's cool. cool. That was cool. my week. How about you, Sean? Uh, pretty mundane. Um, I got into Twitch. You can follow me on Twitch at Night Run. Th- Ooh, I've been watching him on Twitch. It's pretty I, hilarious. He's been he's been on Twitch when I'm like still. All right, so I have. Yeah. Been. All right, I'm gonna give Twitch context. I'm gonna give context to Sean's Twitch stream. It's pretty funny because. He would be playing, and then you hear him having a conversation with his girlfriend, Emily. So he's just like, it's like, it's just watching him play a game at home. And he's yeah. just like, he's like, oh, are you hungry? He's like, yeah, can you make me some food? <laughs> Goddamn. Sean, you know, uh, why don't you stream to Facebook, too, so that we can... Uh, I thought I was. No, that's just no. Twitch. Well, if you're just on Twitch. Oh, I attached a link to Facebook. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a... There's a, I could if you do want to do it, I could show you how. There's a, a okay. restreaming service that's free. Oh, that's cool. So I stream to both when I play. Nice, nice, Nerd. nice. But it's, it's nice because like your friends who don't have Twitch can come in and hang out like on oh, that's Facebook. Cool. They can mingle with my fans. That's awesome. Dude. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead. It's getting really good. I'm on chapter five. No, wait, four. How many chapters are there? Six, right, Steve? How oh. successful? Six, I believe. Huh? Sorry to go back, but how successful would you have to be on Twitch before you quit your job? Like how much money would you have to start making? I actually just found as that much you could, as you he could, makes at his job. I didn't know you could make money from Twitch. <laughs> so you're just doing it for the hell of it. People yeah. are just fucking twitching for no reason. Boy, do Twitch users make money via um, like revenue, or they they specifically have to receive donations? Ad is, I thought ad it was donations. Yeah, subscribers, subscribers, oh, okay. and they have uh, ads. So it's like that YouTube. They'll do. Yeah, there's, there's I didn't know. Of, I thought it was like all ways. sponsors and things like that. I heard it's better. There's than a lot YouTube. of ways to make money. <laughs> yeah, I see. Because like when I watch certain streamers, they um. They'll shout out people who donate to them, and they get donations like every fucking fifteen, like, twenty, fucking five bucks. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's a lot. Yeah. You're giving some dude up. or you know, girl. Like, that's yeah, that's bucks. not like what I do. Like, I pay five bucks a month for Patreon for certain things because they they give you perks. But like, this dude's just streaming. You're like, oh, here's here's five bucks. Thanks for the donation, dude. I'm Love like, your work. God damn. Love your work. What, what work? But, I don't uh, understand. <laughs> it's not like he's like drawing or painting or anything. He's just sitting there. <laughs> Like fucking. But Christ. to answer your question, half of my current income, I'd quit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow, uh, half. I think fig- I figure I wouldn't be doing as much. 
you just be building so that business. So I'll compensate by not doing as much yeah, by going outside. Into yeah, the you world. wouldn't be ordering food on your lunch break because you'd yeah, be at home. Exactly. You'll be home. <clears throat> right. You wouldn't have to buy subway pass. Honestly, I think that'll be the ideal yeah. life for you. And then you could hang out with your cats most of the time too. There is a there is some good games coming out for PlayStation. So it's no wanna, Switch though. So I mean, yeah. Do you want to become a, a Do you want to become a streamer? Uh, yeah. Why not? Whatever <laughs> gets me cool. fame and fortune. The problem with that is, is it is a commitment. So you have to take away things from your other. I'm I mean, fine to up everything. I'm excited to see this journey. Yeah, I'm gonna be twitching tonight. <clears throat> that sounds know. weird. Is that what people say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's gonna help. I don't uh, think that's gonna help uh, because yeah. this won't come out till like Tuesday. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and it's before 7:30 p.m., I'm probably gonna be set all your alive. alarm. I'll be there. <laughs> Night run 89. N I G T R E one. All right. Numbers eight and nine. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Let's talk about movies. 2019, man. Okay. A lot of things are happening. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I'm down to talk about movies. Shomo lost the game. Shomo did Shomo lose the game. Shomo, go for it. I, I, in in I third like person. The last three episodes reviewed <coughs> movies. Uh, well, yeah, Harvey actually. I gave Harvey Bone Tomahawk last Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and before that, I gave you fucking something. You came with like two movies or some shit. I think it was Black Dynamite or something. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, I watched a movie. Um, As we all know. Harvey is our token horror movie guy. He's also uh, got another uh, market under his belt. That's Chinese cinema, <clears throat> Taiwanese well, cinema. Yeah. So he decided to give me a movie called In the Mood for Love. Uh, and this is a movie that I almost had to pirate. And I was like, I don't even know if I could pirate a movie this obscure. Because when I went to look for it on Amazon, it's not available anywhere. Not available on any streaming services. It was on... Um, Filmstruck. <clears throat> oh, R.I.P. Rip. Is it? Is it not? It's completely gone. It's gone. But they're well, bringing back. That's probably yeah. why it didn't come up for me. It, yeah. So when they release that Criterion uh, service, it'll probably be on there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you subscribe yet? It was on um, subscription. It was on Canopy, which is for people with. Uh, Just wait. Do you have one? No. I I did put in someone I don't I don't talk to his information. It didn't work because I needed their school ID and password. Yeah. But if Canopy is like a school library account where you can watch movies. I'm asking my sister for her information so I can get it. I saw some good shit on there. Some lo- all of A24 stuff is on there. That's crazy. That's insane. Maybe we should have stayed in school. All right, but this movie is available on Amazon, actually. It's just not called In the Mood for Love, which was very annoying, and I don't know how I even found it. Um, but if you do, after my review, have any interest in this movie and you want to watch it, it's called... Um, uh, I don't even remember. Those good old years or something. Terrible name, dude. That's literally what it is. Under unless I watched the wrong movie, but I'm pretty sure I have. Terrible haven't. name. In the Move for Love is such a better title. I know. I don't know what this was. I don't know why it was under that name. But anyways, the synopsis goes. Uh, I'm sorry. What movie was it? In the Mood for Love, okay. but the, like the name on Amazon's like those good old years. Or In something. the Mood for Love. Why does that sound very familiar? I don't know. It's a Chinese movie. Oh, I know what this is. Um, Hong Kong. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this. Well, here's the synopsis. Maybe it'll jog your memory. Uh, two neighbors, a woman and a man, form a strong bond after both suspect extramarital activities of their spouses. However, they agree to keep their bond platonic so as not to commit similar wrongs. 
this is um, directed by uh, Carl Y. Wong. Um, oh, he did another movie that I like a lot. Yeah, he did a Happy Together, right? Yeah, that yeah. was good. Uh, this is starring Tony Chui Wai Lang. <laughs> Why do you say like Maggie that? Chung. Oh, is is was about an affair or some shit? Uh, One of them is like in a relationship, and I think they both are. It says in the synopsis. Oh. Well, they're they're both well, married. Just trying to see, remember. This sounds very familiar, and I see images in my head. Yeah. So the movie kind of starts to like people moving into this like co-op like apartment thing. I guess I don't I don't really know. It's very tight, very small. I think there's like a shared kitchen. Um, and it's it it's playing off of like um Chinese culture a lot. It takes place in the 1960s and like how like some Chinese people can be very very nosy when you live in like uh cozy places like that. Like it's just part of their culture to gossip, I guess. And um <clears throat> that's kind of what's going on here. Uh essentially there's a man, he um meets a woman. Both their uh spouses are always out of town. Um but they feel like a disconnect from from their spouses. And they both suspect that there's probably some some cheating and some mistresses and and whatnot. Uh, so they they end up forming a, a bond over that, where it's more like a friendship. But you know, obviously, the, it's called in the mood for love. You can sense that there's some uh, some tension there, some tension between the two, even though they do agree to keep it platonic. Uh, things do aspire in the movie, um, and they have conversations, and they actually try to help each other prepare themselves for confronting their spouses about cheating on them and whatnot. Uh, it's a very, very slow movie. It, it's evenly paced throughout, where it's just like, <clears throat> there there will be like, uh, this music, it never changes like the mood or anything. The mood always stays the same. Anytime there's there's a music cue in the, in the film, it, it just sounds... Very, very similar. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed like some of the moments between the characters, <clears throat> and I think if you're if you're into Chinese cinema, this is probably top notch in that regard. Uh, what I found though, Harvey, is that I don't know <clears throat> that I'm the biggest fan of Chinese cinema. I do appreciate it. the movie; like it, it just looks beautiful, and it's you know it's very. Very interestingly shot, um, but uh, I just think uh, maybe it's not just a hundred percent for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're not in the mood for love. <sighs> well, <laughs> maybe I wanted more love. Maybe. Maybe I was in the mood. Maybe for you don't it. like Chinese people who are racist. But I, <laughs> I do. Maybe that's it. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of uh, Chinese people in New York. There, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe they've swayed my decision. Uh-huh. Just kidding. I've worked with some great Chinese people. Uh, what was I going to say? So the sexual tension is definitely there in the movie. It's not a. It's not a pushing uh, movie. It doesn't push any like boundaries when it comes to that. It doesn't take a ton of risk, but it does this interesting sexual tension thing. And like um, the. The female character, the lead, she is always wearing the same dress, but like a different pattern. Uh, it's always very tight. There's always a lot of shots on her ass. And I don't know if that's intentional. What's your theory on that, Harvey? Um, I think that that was definitely intentional. Okay. Um, a lot of those shots, too, were like, 
they were just like lower shots and <clears throat> didn't even get like the upper half of her torso. Yeah. So I think they were just to show off her ass. And but I think the showing, off, yeah, the showing off her ass yeah. is like definitely the temptation. Yeah. I think, and I, I thought that was very interesting. I like a lot. I like those slow motion shots too. Um, there's like several of them in this, and they're just shot so fucking beautifully in like these tracking shots. And yeah, they look very beautiful. Yeah. Um, overall, the the movie is um, it's very good. Uh, it's just not like a hundred percent my style, and I, I did. I it did feel kind of slow to me, and, and but if you if you're a real sucker for slow movies like this, then might be right up your alley. I would recommend it to a very select few people, but not recommend it to most people. Would you recommend it to everyone at this table? Mm. Ooh, interesting. I don't know. Maybe not you, Steve. Not me. I don't know. I mean, I, that's the thing. I, I guess serious. anybody who like really watches films, and, like all of us, will will watch it and get something out of it. Um, but when it comes to like, there have been people that I've met that have like known that I love watching movies, and you know they know about this podcast and stuff, and they're they're trying to dip their toes. And I love this that people are doing this, and I encourage you to do it too. But they they're like uh, trying to dip their toes and like. Of, of more independent films and, and not watching all the the hype blockbuster stuff and, and actually like discovering a new <clears throat> format you know but i would not recommend this to them as a starter for that is what i'm saying oh, like, I, see, I just I don't see. think like i would recommend them some other stuff you know okay uh especially for like foreign films like this is not one i would recommend to them but yeah they might like the style. Uh, I personally would give it like a light three and a half. I think there's a lot of great stuff here, but um, overall, not a huge impact on me. Okay. A very good movie. <clears throat> uh, I'll burn through a couple more movies I watched real quick. Oh, look at you. Yeah, man. I went hard this week. I'm going to try to do this a lot more, more often. Uh, the other night, I did um, start to watch with... Tappy, she put it on D two, the Mighty Ducks. Um, but I quickly start, stopped watching, and then looked every cast member up on Instagram to see what they're doing now. Uh, let me guess, not a damn thing. Uh, most of them not doing anything. Uh, the lead guy, Conway, was his name in the movie. He have looks just like Paul Thomas Anderson. Have you seen uh, Goldberg? Goldberg, yeah, well, he looks like a crackhead. It's like crazy. Yeah, it's it makes sense. Well, he, was. He, he looks like fifty years old. He's got to be like 38 or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even. Like, I think he's younger than that. Could be. The other guy was in um, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. The... And he was also in the first Urban Legends movie. He died while taking a piss. I was looking those movies up the other day. Uh, just like, oh, he died in the movie while taking a piss. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's what I was, I was very confused. I'm like, in real life, he died taking a piss? Uh, and I was looking those movies up. Who directed those again? I was. I, I think I was looking up the director, and I was just curious, like what else they done. No idea. Couldn't tell you. All right. Crazy. I'm gonna burn through uh, one more so I can get to the one that I really wanted to talk about. I did watch something that we we're all excited about, and we talked a lot about it, but I don't think any of us saw it, unless I'm wrong. Uh, White boy Rick. <clears throat> you guys remember that? <laughs> remember that? Camera? I always pass on Amazon. I'm like, should I? No. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can't do it right now. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So uh, if you don't know, White Boy Rick's a story of teenager Richard Wersch, who became an undercover informant for the FBI during the 1980s. He was ultimately arrested for drug trafficking and sentenced 
and life in prison. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't need to know all that. Uh, oh, true story. Oh. True story. There is a documentary about it too that a lot of people have seen. Okay. Uh, essentially, this kid's 15 years old. He's a fucking drug kingpin. Uh, starring Matthew McConaughey, Richie Merritt, Bill Powley, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Um, directed by Jan Demange. And, uh, just real quick, it does go down smooth. It's not a bad movie. I remember getting like 60-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, not terrible, but not great. I would say that's kind of where I'm where I'm at on it. I think the movie goes down smooth. It gets nicely emotional towards the end. It actually works for me. Matthew McConaughey is incredible in it, but I think that's to be expected from from our boy. He does he does very very good in this. Um, yeah, overall, like the movie goes through like this heavy climax, and then it falls to a creep, and then it goes to another climax again. That was weird, but it goes down smooth, man. And Danny Brown has a great cameo in it. Harvey, you'd really like his cameo. It's great. Oh yeah. Yeah, he laughs a lot. That's great. I saw uh, <laughs> I saw YG in the trailer. Um, oh, right. So I figured, yeah, I didn't see Danny Brown in the trailer. Though. Yeah, they were, they were probably hiding him. Uh, he he played a small role in this movie. Uh, very, very funny at that moment. I, I laughed a lot. Wasn't supposed to, but I did. Uh, yeah, overall, I'd give it like a three and a half, dude. It's not a bad movie. Really? Light three and a half. It wasn't doing too well. It wasn't, it, but it goes down smooth. I think it's it's short enough to not. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of information missing that I, I could want, but hey, fuck it. All right, real quick, let's get one more out of the way, guys. Hang in there. I see. You, I see you guys nodding off. All right. I feel like <laughs> like a yeah. teacher, teacher right now. No, because this one's a a movie I really want to talk about. Uh, you guys know I watch documentaries and bring them up on the show sometimes. No, you never watch documentaries. <laughs> That's not true. Because I'm coming at you with one right now. Uh, it's called Minding the Gap. Um, directed by uh, Bing Liu. And it's uh, three young men bond together to escape volatile families in their Rust Belt hometown. As they face adult responsibilities, unexpected revelations threaten their decade-long friendship. Uh, this movie is is like a skateboarding movie. They don't really mention that in the the uh, synopsis, but these kids all grew up skateboarding. Um, the funny thing about this is, like, honestly, I feel like I could have done this. Like, if I had just kept a camera the entire time and decided to make a documentary on my friends, it's called taking initiative, Tom. Right. This guy took a fucking initiative. I think there was a lot. <laughs> mo- th- this guy was like, he was on it, and now he's like, they're talking about this being up for best documentary at the Oscars. Like, could you fucking imagine you're just a skateboarder and you filmed your broken friends for a few years and told their story and you get in the Oscars. It's like, this is what dreams are fucking made of, dude. Could have been you. Yeah. It could have been you. Well, well, regardless, I don't think any of my friends have stories quite as, as rich as these. You're too busy filming your friends running around naked. Yeah. Also, you have to understand. Well, they were kind of doing could, that too. You oh, yeah. could have, you could have added some more dramatic elements. You could have put a narrative. The truth in is those flexible. Videos. You can kind of bend it. To right. I don't think he did, though. I think um, you don't know that. No, I, I, I feel the genuinity here. I think he was, because if, if anything, he didn't have a, a story, and this movie doesn't have a concrete like plot 
like story that he can tell. Oh man, it kind of just gets revealed to him towards the end. It becomes more of a story about um, domestic abuse. Um, there are characters in this movie that are really gonna fucking like pull at your heartstrings, like real people. They're not characters; they're actual fucking people. Um, there's there's a black kid named Kier. Um, he he grows up in a, in a very interesting, like his, his dad dies really young, but his dad used to beat the living shit out of him. Uh, he he has a lot of white friends, and there's like these really beautiful awkward moments where like. He captures on camera like this this real natural scene of like all his white friends huddled around a, a watching a funny like vine or something, and it's just all these white kids like something about the n word you know, like the guy just kept saying the n word and it was that kind of humor. It was a black guy was like making the vine, but all these white people were sitting around a phone laughing at it, and he was like off to the side like smoking a joint. It was just like you could see you could see the awkwardness in the scene. It was very, very uh, interesting. Uh, the director is one of the kids I should mention. He's one of the three kids that, um, so he's making this while telling kind of his story about his stepdad beating him. And he's, he's a Chinese American, I think. Yeah. Um, and he, um, there's a character named Zach too. He's a white kid who it's just you. It's so heartbreaking because he's such a likable guy but he's just making such fucking terrible decisions and you get so mad as if it's your your friend as if you're looking at your friends and like you don't want them out of your life but like you just wish they weren't a certain way you know uh and the movie was heartbreaking at, at times and like i wasn't really going to cry most of the movie um but how it all wraps up the last 10 minutes had me in some tears and I applaud uh, Bing Liu for doing this. And I think it's one of the most admirable things I've seen. Because most people, uh, who, who the fuck am I to think I have a fucking, like, I'm just going to film my friends and think I'm going to have a great documentary. But he went out there on a limb and he, he did it. And I'm very impressed. And I think this is one of the best documentaries of the year. Cool. That's a, that's a bold, uh, that's a if bold you, statement. If you, skate, if you skateboarded, like, you know, in that era. I'm just saying that just because it's early 2019. This could be the best documentary of the year. No, it's 2018. Oh, it's a 2018 film? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, that's what I was just like. It's, like, it's still it's still pretty early on. No, this will be entered in the festivals, or I mean uh, awards for this. Oh, the Oscars? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you skateboarded, like, this is like, you know, we have mid-90s come out. I heard Skate Kitchen was good, too. I don't, I don't know how that accurately trace skateboarding i assume not as accurate uh but mid 90s is very very accurate this movie is a documentary representing that culture we don't really get that a lot until like this year for some reason like i feel like i hadn't it hadn't been uh represented until then it's just i mean you think brink didn't represent your culture Brink? I don't remember. Was that a skateboarding a fucking movie? Fucking That was a rollerblading. Never mind. <laughs> you're, thinking, you're thinking of grind. Was it? Oh, is that what it was? Well, grind, like, well, grind yeah. was a slap in the face. It was literally a disgrace to the culture of skateboarding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd give this a heavy four and a half, man. This is a beautiful little documentary. Sounds interesting, Thomas. If you skateboard, you should watch it. It's if you don't skateboard, you should watch it. You should still watch it. Like my my freaking guy, I'm working the producer I'm working with now is like. Is in his forties. He told me to watch it. Hey man, I I don't skate, but I know you do, and I think this is no. Perfect. He didn't know. He didn't know. He just was like, "This is a beautiful documentary." Mm. It's a beautiful piece of art. Go. Nice, nice. That's it for me. 
Cool. Steve, you want to go next? Got anything for sure, us? Sure. Uh, I mean, I have a few. Uh, a few for you, too? Goddamn. Uh, not a few. We? I just only... I've, I watched two movies. Uh, no, I actually watched... So, one movie I've been watching for some reason that's been like... It's taken me a, like two weeks now for some reason. Uh, it's... Uh, I, I just watched Star Wars in 30 minute, 30 minute chunks for some reason. Don't know why. I just like put it on and then I look over and I'm like, oh, I like that scene. And then I like turn away and then I'll go off and do something else. So it's really just background noise. So I don't count that. Uh, but for some reason this morning I was, I was on Netflix and I see this and it caught my eye and I'm like, and it's one of you guys always told me to watch it. It was uh, this film called Chocolat. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Wait, what? Chocolat. Chocolate. Chocolate. Oh, I thought you said fuck a Chocolate. Like, what? Uh, is that Chinese? I'm not. I'm not gonna really review this movie. It was just like a throwaway. Just like you know, we just kind of put a movie on. But it stars Johnny Depp. Uh, very interesting. Sean, you always told me to watch this movie. I did. Yeah. yeah you I remember did. you always like mentioned this, and I'm like, like I'm check not, it out, man. Check it out. Check it out. I think you like it. <laughs> and weirdly enough, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it for it being I very saw this movie with my mom really yeah it's like a very specific like it just reminds me of very early aughts you know what i mean like uh-huh. they don't make movies like this anymore yeah. john Depp's actually not in this movie a lot no it's not and it's yeah. so weird because it is like painted as if it's a romantic film yeah, starring johnny depp and he's in the film for maybe like 30 percent yeah uh he's in the cover and everything he was a big seller at the time so. yeah i think that's what it was but it's like a very brochure there yeah, yeah. And it's just interesting because I don't think they make movies like this. I feel like this is in the same camp as like Legends of the Fall. Or like Knights in Rondon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knights in Rondon. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> so uh, I don't know what compelled me, but I, I just turned it on and I wasn't expecting to actually finish it. I was just, just see, I was just checking it out. And uh, you know what? It was, it was enjoyable. It wasn't yeah. like the best thing I've ever seen. Of course. But I still, I still had a fun with it and uh, it just made me want to be... It made me all right. First question is like, what happened to that Johnny Depp? He was very charming in this. Like, I that's feel like- so weird you brought that up because this week, so I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I went into a deep tunnel with Don- Johnny Depp. Oh, I thought you were and like, his, oh, deep thought about no, Johnny Depp like, in general, in his life and career, and where he's at. <laughs> what happened to him? Like, drugs. I just, yeah, is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, drugs and power and money. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was. It, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I know Tom wouldn't fucking watch this There's shit. There's like this interview I was yeah, reading. I, I looked him. at the poster and I was like, I'm out. But this, this interview he did uh, when he, um, it was right after he finished Dead Man mm-hmm. with uh, Jim Jarmusch. And he was talking about like, he's bringing up, he's referencing some big movie at the time, like some big blockbuster. I can't remember. He's And he said basically he wants to do these small projects and he likes all these intimate movies and working with these great indie directors. And he said like, it was like a quote where he's like, if I ever, if you catch me working like blockbusters, kill me. So, well, Johnny. A few years later, he's in one of the biggest blockbusters <laughs> of all fucking time. Well, John, history. let's see what and that's happens. all he's been doing since. Could kill him? Uh, I guess so. I guess he said it. So I mean, we're allowed to do it now. But uh, but like he, he was known as like this indie guy. He only worked with select like independent yeah. directors. Like fucking what's his name? Um, says Edward shows his hands. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. Had a mind mind frame. I was yeah. like, I can't remember his name. But and then he did some stuff with Jarmusch and shit. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like it just really just brought that on the, the thought process of like one, what happened to poor Johnny, and he just fucked up everything. And then on top of that, they really don't make films like this anymore. And a part of me kind of wished they still did. It's Miramax. Yeah. That was the company behind it. I feel like they specifically made a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I kind of want a little bit more of them. They're they're just like they're like so just subtle, and they 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 don't bring any anything yeah. real to the table, but they are just plain entertainment. That's what it is. It's like entertainment. So uh, I don't know. It was interesting. Not not a award winning, not my top film, and I wasn't really gonna talk much about it until Sean got me asking some big questions about <laughs> Johnny Depp. But the one film I really want to talk about is uh Meru. It was a documentary that I've been wanting to watch. I was recommended it uh, by Thomas's girlfriend. Oh. Tappy. Right, yeah, she did I actually saw it. this with our boy, Jesse. Oh, with your boy? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the reason I put this on... Well, one... Yeah, I, we know I, you want to be a free climber. We get it. Oh, no, it's not that. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was... I, I follow uh, Jimmy Chin, the director uh, of this film, and I know he, he recently did Free Solo, uh, which is basically uh, about Alex... I think Holland? Holland. Honnell? Honnell? Yeah. Uh, and and his, uh, when he free soloed El Capitan, and, and I was like, dude, that's so, because I've been following him previously. I've been watching a lot of his other stuff that he's been doing, like when he went to South Africa and was like free climbing buildings. And I was like, dude, that's so sick. And uh, and I was super interested. Did he die? Yeah, he could have. And, uh, and, and I uh, put this film on, and it's a very, very, I would say it's a very beautiful story about how passion really can sometimes it, it conflicts with like sensibility. Like it's just how they put themselves on the line to climb uh Meru, which is basically it's the shark fin. So this like pallet of fucking rock that sticks out. It's just basically like a sliver of fucking rock that's out of the mountain and it's in the Himalayas and, they are like trying because it's never been conquered before. This is their first like they people have tried and tried and tried and failed every single time. And these guys, you know, they did their first attempt on the mountain and uh, obviously unsuccessful. And you know, they come back and I, I would recommend you watch the documentary. But it's a great story about passion and like what people really would do just to fulfill this dream and like the dangers they put themselves through. And it's not even about. Like, the climb is featured in the film, but what I find interesting is that they tell these, like, ancillary stories about each individual climber that's a part of the trip. So, Jimmy Chin is one of the climbers, and he's also the director. Uh, I believe his wife helped him on, Elizabeth, uh, who helped him with the film as well. She directed, uh, I believe, certain parts when, obviously, if he's climbing, she can't really do much. So, she probably did more of the interview stuff. But, uh, and it's also about uh, Conrad Anker and then Renee Orstuk, Orstuk? I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Probably butchered that. But uh, it, it follows each individual climber and their own experience uh, outside of this climb and, like, what drives them to do what they do. And it's it's fascinating. Like, Jimmy Chin, like, he... Well, Renee fucking got in an accident when they... when they, uh, it, During, during uh, one of these... During one of their, like, just separate projects they were working on. And then... A couple days later, Jimmy got fucking almost got buried alive in an avalanche. Like it's just like it's just like what really continues to like drive you to do something like that? Like you've faced death multiple times and like come out the other end and there's still be like, Oh yeah, we're gonna go climb this untouched like piece of land. And it's super interesting and very fascinating. Uh visually I I like the approach they took. It wasn't it wasn't like awe inspired. It's not something you'll see on. I, I believe like free solo is probably more visually interesting, just because they probably had more of a crew and like more of a budget to kind of work with. But you know, 
for what you get on this, I think you have some like very beautiful shots, uh, but nothing insane that I'm, you know, I feel like you can see something on planet earth, which is probably like visually a little bit better, but, uh, overall, I just think it's a great story of like human, like just like pushing, pushing yourself to that limit. And also like sometimes foregoing safety to like reach your dreams or your goals or it's, it's a, it's a great story. I highly recommend it. Cool. Yeah. Are you going to climb it? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't, I think that's like beyond my limit. Like a hundred percent. Yes. Very much. Not even worth it. Uh, I don't know if it's oh, about I like living. Yeah, that's all I watched. Cool. All right. Seems like it's a documentary episode. <laughs> watched some stuff that... Uh, Please be a doc. No, I didn't watch a documentary. Um, I finally caught Game Night. Um, yeah! I think it's on... I think I watched it on Prime for free. Um, oh, is it free now? I think so. I'm pretty cool. sure that's I gotta how get I watched Prime. it. It's on HBO. So, oh, yeah, it was HBO Go. That's how I watched it. Um, so I figured since it was on there, I might as well go ahead and watch it since both of you really liked it um yeah i don't want to say too much about it it is a really funny movie um i like uh what's the fucking cop's name jesse plemons uh, jesse plemons yeah, jesse plemons he uh <laughs> he's probably one of the funniest things about this movie for me um for everyone. His fucking just dry awkward <laughs> delivery um the frito 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 lay shit was really funny um yeah it's it's a classic yeah, uh, I think I'd give it like a three and a half out of five. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people like were really wary of this movie for some reason. I asked like friends and stuff about it. I think, and, like, I think it, it's just the the marketing. Like we're all, I guess we're used to getting such dumb comedies about dumb Yeah, things. it is difficult like, to tell what is good because they all just look the same and bad. But yeah, this was actually a surprisingly good uh, comedy. Um, I think most people would enjoy this. Um, I rewatched Mars Attacks. Y'all remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About Tim Burton. I don't remember how I felt about Mars Attacks when I was a kid. I think I was kind of scared of it, but I don't really know if I like really enjoyed it or not. Um, I think when it comes to like review, like movies I seen when I was a kid, I just don't. It's hard for me to really think like I was like looking at it, looking at it critically. I was just watching a fucking movie. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's always up for rewatch. I think that Tim Burton did some really interesting things in it. In terms of like the style and um, and uh, like the design of the aliens as well, um, it it has these really tropey like uh, apocalyptic or like uh, end of the world type of type of movies, and um, it, it sort of flips them flips them around and like uh, makes them like satirical and comedic. Um, but I don't know. I, there's a lot I didn't like about it as an adult, I guess. Um, but it was really interesting to see. It's fucking difficult to rate that. I guess the third one I'll talk about is Bumblebee. Sick. This is the review I've been waiting for. Finally, one of us did their service. Bumblebee, huh? I mean, I feel like it's always me. I fucking watch Rampage. and. Well, someone has to do we, it. We appreciate you. We're not going to take that as a, as a sign for all of us to do it. And we'll just keep letting you do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to watch Bumblebee. But then I started looking at some... Uh, Reviews of like uh, some publications that I th- usually trust and shit like that, and it seems like it's kind of getting good reviews. Letterbox. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't look at Letterbox actually, but um, it looks like it's doing okay on Letterbox too. Um, Bumblebee was directed by Travis Knight. It stars uh Haley Stanfield and 
That's pretty much it. Well, John Cena is in it, actually. I forgot about him. And uh, Pamela Adlon plays uh, Haley Stanfield's mother. You say Pamela Anderson. What the fuck? No, Pamela Adlon. Um, On the run in the year 1987, Bumblebee finds refuge in a junkyard in a small California beach town. Charlie, on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, discovers Bumblebee, battle-scarred and broken. When Charlie revives him, she quickly learns that this is no ordinary uh, Volkswagen. Um, there's a lot that I like about this movie that I think was missing from uh, the original Transformer series or franchise. Um, I'm, I, I was never really into the, even the first one. So I was always thrown off by how much people really love and uh, get excited for that franchise. Um I think that the relationship between uh, Bumblebee and and uh, Charlie in this in this movie is way better than than what we see of Bumblebee and uh, like Shia LaBeouf in the in the first one. Uh, these two sort of have these um, lives that sort of uh, I don't know like coalesce into each other because they have these issues that are very much uh, important or big in their lives, and they sort of help each other when they need the help and, 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 um, it was just really emotionally, uh, um, I don't know, satisfying. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't want to make it seem like I cried over fucking a transformer movie. Listen, but, uh, what I'm hearing is that you a, really like this. It's movie. like a charming, it's a charming story. It's oh, a really charming man. story. We lost some guys. Um, the action as well as the action is like really coherent in this movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the action's really coherent in this movie and um I think my problem with the uh, the other ones as well is that there's a lot going on all the time and there's like 20 different battles happening at the same time with like 50 different uh robots and stuff uh transformers and decepticons that are difficult to follow. I think the action in this is much less uh extravagant. It's much more coherent and you can actually appreciate and understand what's happening. Um I think the art style is also pretty good. Uh, in the first one, it's really easy to confuse like an Autobot with a Decepticon. Like they just look exactly the same. Um, I think there's a lot of detail. How in, dare you? In, in, uh, in well, this one. <laughs> I don't understand that and comment. <laughs> it's, I'm pretending uh, to be a Transformers fan. I can actually see the difference between like a Decepticon and an Autobot, which was nice. And, uh, the features were like kind of cool, actually. Um, there's some good comedy in it, and it's kind of hacky and like uh, campy, especially from John Cena because he plays like this very like uh, militaristic character, and um, I think it works. Um, is a, is this a prequel to the Marine? Yeah, it's it a is. deep cut. I don't know what else to say about this movie, but um, you know what I can say is that Michael Bay. God damn it, man. He got Harvey, man. Harvey was supposed to be the best of us, and he got him to love Transformers. Well, Even Michael though I know I had nothing to do with this. Michael Bay had nothing to do with this at all. It's Travis Knight who did Kubo. Yeah. Um, like. Yeah, Dylan O'Brien, the uh, guy from Maze Runner, he plays the voice of uh, Bumblebee before Bumblebee actually loses his, his ability to speak. This way he could speak? Yeah, and that, that was actually really cool. He can like speak for like a good portion of the uh, uh, the first part of the movie. The reason why this and, works and Michael Bay's Transformers doesn't because Michael Bay is not a human. He doesn't like 
Well, but he doesn't. He doesn't. No, like he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to human emotion. He just. He literally doesn't know how to dictate. He's like too far removed. Do you? Yeah, he can't dictate that stuff. The thing is, when you have some of your quotes saying, "It's like I just like seeing shit being blown up," (laughs) like, (laughs) dude, I don't think the intricacies of human emotion. He's like a sophisticated like AI. Yeah, like he's not a human. But um, yeah. If I'm honest, I think this is best of the year, top ten. No, no, but it is. I think this is the best Transformer movie that I've seen. Um, but the question is, how how do you rate it? I would give it. I think I'd give it a strong three and a half out of five. God damn! I had a lot of fun with this, and I think uh, I think y'all would too, if I'm honest. I'm excited oh, to see this movie. Actually, we, uh, we almost went to go see it the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, just to let you know, Tom, your boy has his hands on this as a producer. Who is my boy? Your boy, uh, Steven Spielberg. Of course he does. He's produced all of them. Fucking man, just his hands on everything, doesn't he? He just goes around Hollywood jacking off and jizzing on projects. (laughs) Have some of this. Have some of this. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) So, you loved the movie. Or you liked it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. It seems very heartwarming. Uh, It seems like... uh, I don't don't know. know, I just stopped caring about Transformers. It definitely has its issues. I mean, it's not... uh, I mean, it's not a incredibly unique in terms of story and uh, plot, which which bothers me. But it does it does the uh, the usual shit really well. Do does Bumblebee fight Nazis in this movie? Why would he fight Nazis? I don't know. This I remember. I remember there was a cutscene. That's a new key. Nineteen eighty-seven. No, there was a cutscene in one of the older Transformers movies that I remember that he was. Uh, uh, he was a, a a warrior or a soldier in the United States Army who's fighting Nazis. I don't know. I might be wrong. Well, but it just seems that ridiculous that I might be right. I was actually. It, it may be a spoiler. Well, no, it's a spoiler. I, there's a possibility he could become know. associated with the army in 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 sequels, maybe. Oh man, he's <sighs> so they, they franchising. Might, if they Eye roll emoji, they, yeah, they could be like keeping that storyline and like. Turn into like a, a series. I was just—it doesn't make any sense timeline-wise, but I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure I saw a clip what? from one of the older Transformer movies. That's why I was curious. I don't know if they flash back to anything. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! Woo! Ten more years I of mean, Transformers movies. Remember that, guys? Extinction about wasn't that about like prehistoric oh. days or some shit? Whoa! Say that again. What was Age of uh, Extinction about? Uh, about Dinobots. Oh, okay. Just. Just end it all. Just di- it's that's the only thing I know about is a dino. I haven't seen uh, Transformer movies. Since I don't think I've seen the Transformers part since two. The first, the part two I saw and I was like, this is really bad. I saw the first two, maybe the third one, maybe mm. the third one. I, don't know. I saw one and two. Just wait, which one was the Last Crusader? The Last Crusade. <sighs> no, dude. I even know what that was. One of them was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah or the Last Night. Was that it? Dark Night. Dar- what? Dark. I thought no, no. There was another one. It's called Dark, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh God. Just wait, which one? Are you fucking serious? How many have they come out with? I'm doing research right now. Rip off Pink Floyd. All right, let's just. All right, you guys continue. I'm doing research right now. Just Optimus Prime, the Transformers uh, Fallen Knight. I guess so. That makes sense. Oh, that's gross. All right, Sean or Harvey, you have more? No, that's it for me. Sean, redeem us. Um, I'll talk about one redeem movie. And we're we we're right on all of those watch. titles, you're by gonna, the way. You're <laughs> gonna you're gonna watch Bumblebee, and you're gonna like that shit. We're right on all those titles, by the way. Pretty anti. There's Transformers, Transformers: Age of Extinction, Transformers: Dark of the Moon, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers: The Dark Knight, The Last Night, not the Dark Knight. Same shit. 
And then there was, yeah, Dark Side of the Moon or Dark of the Moon. That's a lot of. That's that a lot, lot of shit. <laughs> the fuck? Just call it three, four, and five. <laughs> fuck these subtitles, dude. Okay. All right, I'll briefly talk about one movie real quick. Okay. To move along. So I checked out The Vanishing. Oh. Uh, it's a psychological thriller, Scottish from Scotland, uh, starring Gerald Butler. Peter Mullen is also in Sold. it. Sold. And uh, Christopher, Christopher Nihom. I believe he's a Scottish director. And I feel like this is a, one of those movies that's probably not going to get seen a lot. It's a very, very uh, under-the-radar movie. I think it came out like two months ago and it's already online in theater. From It was in theaters briefly. Um, overall, I did like this movie. It's about three men who uh, who are, uh, they have a gig to tend to a lighthouse. I believe one's like the watcher, one's like the repairman, and one's just like a, an assistant. Um, some stuff happens. There's some tension when they first get to the house. Um, a little while after, they find a dead body in a, one of the the creek, or not creek, one of the, um, I guess, ridges of the island. And next to the body, there's a chest. They recover the body. Uh, it's a dead guy who washes up ashore, open the chest, find out it's actual gold bars. Uh some st- some discussion happens whether they should report it or if they should keep it. Uh, eventually, they decide to keep it. Then, after a while, the owners of the chest come by, and there's some tension, and then there's also some fights, and some stuff happens. But the movie actually boils to a point where these men are in way over their heads. It gets to a point where they're like, okay, what the fuck they're going to do? The only thing I feel like they can do right now is just kill themselves because they're fucked. Sounds like a uh, no country for old men situation. It's yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, obviously not as not as not as good, but uh, like I said, I do enjoy this movie. I think it is a good little thriller. What's most surprising about it to me is that Gerald Butler, who who usually like it's probably like not on everybody's like favorite list, but uh, I did like him a lot in this movie. I think this is probably yeah. the highlight of his career, to be honest. Uh, as of recently, I would. I mean, I haven't seen this, but I'm just assuming it is the way you're describing it. Uh, he's just been whoring himself out to Hollywood in a weird way. Possibly, it's like it's yes. like even like that's a strong ass word. Yeah, whoring himself out. He has he's though. A slut. But, he, um, because the thing is, if you think about it, he's like he's not even like looking. He's trying, I think, trying to peg a franchise down, but he can't seem to find one. So he just says yes to all these like that generic is right. He's been ass. Doing a lot of like that's the, what I would do. Did, was he in Geostorm? But like that's thing. what I'm saying though. It's not yeah. like, like he's not even picking good properties. He's just picking things that are like he's like oh they might well, make sequels what, to this. This one's surprising because it is uh, essentially it's an independent lower budget film than the stuff he's been doing. Yeah. But uh, he really shines in this movie. I think I think this is like the best Gerald Butler I've ever seen. He's, re- he's really wait. captivating in this role. P.S. I love you? That was good. He was actually good in that movie. My girlfriend actually made me watch that movie. It was good, and right? I, and I did like it, yeah. Did you cry? I uh, didn't cry. Oh, I did. I'm not about that crying shit. I'm all about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you need um, to open your heart. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I did I did like this movie. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. It is it is a movie you probably will forget after a couple weeks, but while watching it, tension's very, very high. And you're, you're questioning what the fuck they're going to do. Um, eventually, things get very, very heated. I like that. Yeah, I think I think you might enjoy it. But it is a dull movie, purposely dull, because of the time period and the way the the, the, the look the director is trying to go for. I think it works in that regards. But um, yeah, I'll give it a th- solid three out of five. And I did watch something else, like, literally just now. What, like, 
while you guys are recording. No, I'm just kidding. I did watch something this morning, but I'm not quite ready to talk about it. So I'll wait till next week. Okay. It was wildlife. I'll just say that. Oh, interesting. Oh, so shit. We'll talk about that. Not ready. Next. I'm not quite ready. I'm not Damn. sure how I feel. There's a, there's a lot to process? It is a, it, yeah, it is. All right, cool. Nice teaser then. Yeah. Wildlife. So we'll talk Paul, about, I'll talk about Paul Dano, wildlife. right? Paul Dano, yeah. Paul Dano directing stuff now. How does he think he is? Funny story. My friend uh, said he's an asshole. We saw him at a bar and uh, said he was on the table Wait, being who's obnoxious. Who's an asshole? Your friend? No, Paul Dano. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was like roping girls in at the bar or some shit. I don't How's know. that an asshole? I don't get it. He's just being obnoxious at the bar. Uh, Could be totally wrong, though. Could Wait, be. when was this? Don't know. Because isn't he married? Oh man! <laughs> oh, I got dirt on you, Paul. I think he's married or girlfriend Zoe Kazan. Hey man, I hope she don't listen. Yeah, sorry. Oh, she she co-directed, didn't she? Sorry, Paul. I don't think she did. Zoe, if you hear if you're she, hearing this, reach out to me. I'll find I think out she, more details. She for helped you. in the writing process. I don't know if she. As much as I love him as an actor, if you, will, I'll I'll sell information to you. And yeah. also, I'm you know I'm single and yeah, Steve's single too. If you want to, he's into big noses. God damn. She has a big nose. Yeah, you know. Oh. The out there. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, we can move along. That's all I'll talk about. All right, cool. So uh, the upside, take a little listen. It's my bad, my bad, man. You are not qualified for this position. The buckle, buckle. Have you ever changed a catheter? No. Pinch the head, insert. Mm. I can't feel it. Oh, well, I can. You want to feed your soul? Then listen to its clean. Think, think. Think about what you're trying to do to me. It's amazing, ain't it? Sound just like it. Yeah, it's uncanny. All right. The Upside, um, directed by Neil Berger. Synopsis goes, a comedic look at the relationship between a wealthy paraplegic and an unemployed man with a criminal record who is hired to help him. Stars Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, Nicole Kidman, and the chick from Patterson. Oh, yeah. Her name is She. I forget her name. No, <laughs> you're way off. <laughs> she. <laughs> it's like. It's Golfani. Golshifta. Golshifta. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, Farani. Yeah. <laughs> you're still saying it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, who wants oh, to go wow, first? Oh wow, she's lovely. You got you got to get a stage name, sweetheart. Yeah, you need something like Carol. <laughs> nah, fuck that. Carol. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> fuck up. <laughs> I can't say shit. <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. Anyways. That's why that's why she's in this movie. Oh, that's why I changed my name to Sean. <laughs> Sell out. Right, and the winner you go, is... Go first. All right, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I saw a trailer for this a long time ago. Uh, this is a remake of the French film, which I did watch the trailer for out of curiosity. I was going to try to watch the film, but you know me and uh, doing things that require work uh but it's called le intouchables or something yeah yeah i think that's the name of it um that's not a french word it looked it looked uh <laughs> well, i said it like it was no, i think it is i think it might be very sophisticated i think it might be a french word oh maybe but it's like the only french word was le yeah <laughs> yeah but i think did you tell me these motherfuckers <laughs> don't have a french word for it <laughs> I think you'd be surprised at how information, you know, stuff like that it could be one of those. Oh, you don't have to say it like that, man. You just kind of saying it out. Untouchable. All right. <laughs> I just think maybe it could be the French version of the word untouchables. Could be. Untouchables or some shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> You're just like an asshole. <laughs> uh, I think we've uh, 
All right. So this movie, um, as Sean said, it's, it's about uh, it's starring Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, um, and uh, the trailer looked very nicely put together. Very heartwarming trailer. Looked like your mom would love it. And uh, yeah, so the movie starring Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, uh, Brian Cranston plays this fucking. You super. mean the Untouchables? Because that's the title of this movie. There's a French. What's the French title? In- the Untouchables. Untouchables. It's impossible. I'm, I'm looking at it right fucking now. Well, how do you say "untouchable"? Untouchables in in French. Uh, I guess it's, Google I don't translate know. that bitch. <laughs> Can't believe we're doing this shit right now. <laughs> it's like something totally not that. The crew. I don't even think "untouchables" is a fucking word. I don't think so either. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm not gonna get hung up on this. Oh no, yeah. So untouchables. So the 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 French word is the untouchables. Like that's the title. But if you translate it into English, it's called the untouchables. Okay, that makes sense. Still talking about the title? Yes. Fuck this. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, yeah, Kevin Hart. Um, so Brian Cranston plays the uh, the uh, rich guy. He's a quadriplegic. Uh, he can't move his legs or his arms for you uh, medically um, unaware people out there. Uh, and essentially, Kevin Hart is the stereotypical black guy. <laughs> He's fucking... His first scene is him in a, a parole office, <laughs> which is very fucking stereotypical. Um, but the original movie was made in what? Um What's the year on? 20, 2011, 2012. Oh, really? Is that new? I oh. mean, I guess since it's based on a true story, they don't, they didn't write that. They just lied yeah, right? yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I saw people on Letterbox, you know, complaining about it, the racial injustice there. But you know, if it's, if it's the true fucking story, can you really complain? I don't know. Um, uh, but anyways, I was curious about this movie because it's the first time I've seen Kevin Hart in a trailer. Um, and I didn't say I'm avoiding that movie at all costs. I guess the trailer was put together in a manner that I might actually check this movie out. And I did because we picked it for the podcast, but I think if it came on like Netflix or something, I might, might've still checked it out out of curiosity. Um, so essentially he goes and he's looking for a job. I think he stumbles into the wrong interview, which I don't know if that's how it really went down. (laughs) I just don't see that happening, but who knows? Um, and essentially he, he's kind of totally underqualified to be this, this, uh, it's called the life auxiliary. Essentially, you're just the person who does all the shit for the quadriplegic because they obviously can't move their arms and legs. And, um, they, uh, he, he stumbles in there and he gets the job because Brian Cranston is his character. He likes his jib. Yeah. He's just, I think he, he, yeah, he likes the cut of his, uh, what is it? His jib. Is that is that that's the term that's the cut of his jib? I'm pretty sure. Let's look it up real quick. Fuck, what are we doing? Uh, so real quick, this movie is, uh, was also the third remake. Third remake. Wow. Is the yeah, stars the born. Indian one. Look, there's an Indian one before this. Hmm. This is the cover. This looks amazing. <laughs> One's general appearance or personality, <laughs> as in I don't like the cut of Ben's jib. Okay, the cut of. Anyways, um, but yeah, Brian Cranston's like trying to, I think he's like, he's come to terms with the fact that he needs a wild card in his life, I guess, 
So he sees something in this guy. It's just like, well, all these other guys are like literally sucking my dick because I'm a great author. So they're coming in the interview asking for autographs. Uh, they're like, oh my god, I will be, I will do anything for you. And then I'll be your arms and legs. Yeah, and here comes, yeah, and here comes this guy who just doesn't give a shit. He has just a totally unbiased viewpoint on on him, and I think he's very attracted to that. And he gives them a shot, and they spiral into this, uh, you know, friendship. It's tropey as hell. You've seen this a million times before, where two unlikely people warm up to each other over time and become best friends. Um, have a grand old time. They go through trials and tribulations. Sometimes they just go through trials, all right? <laughs> um, you happy about that? <laughs> yeah. Like this. So this movie kind of worked for me a little bit. Um, it's just the tropes hit so hard that it really takes you out of the movie. Um, there, there's like some tropes where it just happens so quickly where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they had to squeeze that in there. Uh, they had to squeeze the obligatory... Uh, fighting separating and then re you know it's not a spoiler because it's just so tropey right mm-hmm. um but overall i think some of the moments are very nice i think um this movie is heavily weighed down by just pandering and, and doing all those tropey things and not taking any risk um and i did not like that about this movie at all uh, i think there's a lot of potential here to to do something good but what I did like about it was the part that I didn't think I'd like about it was Kevin Hart. I think he is, I've never seen him this charismatic on screen. I i really like, don't like watching Kevin Hart in movies because he's, he's just so like one noted obnoxious. Like they're sell, they're using him as a, like a product placement. And he's stretching his legs here, and there's moments where he has to, you know, be angry. He has to be, you know, funny. Uh, he's still doing his, his his funny shit, but it's more subdued. Yeah, it's more subdued, and he's he's much more um, like sarcastic rather than like like blatant goofy humor. Uh, and some of the jokes are actually pretty well written, I think. And and just things like his his paintings are very funny to me. Uh, things like that, and I, I don't know. I think he's a, he's a really really good actor, and I think if he just continues down this path, he could do some really interesting stuff. And I really like watching him on screen. Brian Cranston was great because he's he's usually always great. Um, but overall, the movie, the I feel like they were out of their element. Like the the movie, it just it could have avoided all those tropes and could have got more mileage out of these great actors and i don't know it's i'm i'm kind of lukewarm on it i actually kind of liked it and i i want to see more of them together um i just didn't like the format as much it's very tropey okay i feel uh yeah i I feel the same about a lot of this uh a lot of this movie um it was cool seeing kevin hart do something other than yeah ridiculous comedies and um there were some moments where he actually had to uh carry a carry a scene and be dramatic and uh for the most part i do think he did pretty well um but the writing like you said was incredibly tropey and um it was really safe and um just felt it felt really reused or, or recycled um the story isn't new at all and uh I think they could have had some fun with it if they had uh, 
sort of play with these characters and play with their relationship a bit more. Um, I think in terms of what we see with um, Kevin Hart's character, Del, um, it's all while stereotypical and that may be close to the original uh, story. It's still not as interesting to watch in a movie. So I think that could have been altered a bit Um, more detail could have been, uh, could have been uh, added like in, uh, his relationships with his with his family and instead of uh it's very brushed over i felt it, it and he just felt just very stereotypical i don't know yeah um, none of the acting yeah. was good from anyone else really to me no not really um i'm trying to think of what else except, i enjoyed them. i do think it has its uh its charm for sure and that's one of the things that makes this a a watchable movie for me um yeah what do you think steve uh uh completely uh i don't know this this movie's weird because it's not inherently a bad film i think it falls under uh the category i like to call passable like it just does a lot of things kind of just like good enough to where you can watch it and if you don't watch a lot of movies and you go out every once in a while and go to the theater and watch this is something different like what you're used to watching at a, a cinema since our since uh the industry right now is just flooded with comic book movies and just like shit. Uh, you know, it's 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 watchable. It's passable. It really just gets the job done. It tells a very, you know, a little simple touching story about two people coming together despite their differences. And uh, they're all, they are going through their own hardships and they're helping each other heal and be better people. It's so, it's just so, I've seen these so many times and that's why it's hard for me to be critical on it because... I see a lot of these. We've all seen a lot of these fucking films, but if you don't go out to the cinema or at all and you go there and it's like your first time watching something like this, you might think, oh, that was an amazing film, you know? Uh, but for me, it's just passable. I probably won't remember this, you know, come the end of the year or maybe even like six months from now. Uh, I would say this, though. I think Kevin Hart stretched his legs a little bit. I do agree with Tom that he, this is actually the first time where he's like, like if he just does this more often... Like, if this is who Kevin Hart is, I feel like this is who he is. I feel like that's just genuinely who he is. He's, like, a very sarcastic, funny, down-to-earth, very subdued guy. And then, like, in the films that he's most... Like, most of the times when he's in these comedies, he's portrayed as someone outrageous. And he's always doing outrageous. So it kind of gets a little bit tiring. Yeah. But in this film, he was so charming. And I like seeing him on screen. And I like their interaction between one another. So I would say that works. Their interaction and also his interaction with the other people in... uh brian cranston's life so I, I think kevin hart was the best part of this film and there were some moments where i where i just chuckled out loud and it's always this shit it's usually this shit where it's just like he's just like being a fish out of water he's not familiar with this like you know this uppity fucking class of people and he's just making a comment on like the ridiculous shit they're doing and he's just like and i was laughing because i like most of us will get that we're not we're not a part of high society or like how the way they live Right. So it's like so I think, you know, I think those jokes for him were written well. I think I think Brian Cranston's character was also written very well in the sense that he's not a oblivious rich person. He's he's kind of so smart that he kind of just knows he gets it. He gets it. Like he gets the the, the you know the marijuana, he gets like the you know, he he's a businessman, he's smart, he, he understands. He's not like, "What are you doing, whippersnapper? Oh, I can't do this." Like he's not that. He's yeah. he's a very witty guy. Yeah. And I really, I, honestly, like this movie. 
I might actually remember it because I like their chemistry so much. Yeah, that's just, what I'm saying. That that's like that's the were, one highlight. Like I did like their not, interaction. They were great, I thought, but it's just not a. The movie had some tropes that were just like, eh. Really? It's a very tropey film. They were also very. Um, someone mentioned the supporting cast not being a big factor, and they they had Nicole Kidman in this role that was just. Why was I she felt in this? so stifled. And yeah, she could. They could have just and, picked any old yeah, girl to be yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> it, it made no sense. Like, uh, but she just plays such a like she plays such an uppity older woman so well that I like it. Yeah, but her just character was dominated. just incredibly uninteresting. And what the, you said? You said you just want to get dominated <laughs> by, by Nicole Kidman. Yes, <laughs> uh, destroyer Nicole Kidman. Yeah, nope, not uh, that one. Yeah, her character was just incredibly boring and uh, just. Um, she felt so stifled. There was, uh, I felt like there were so many opportunities to sort of play with her character, especially with the the relationship between her and Brian Cranston's character. Um, they could have done so much more with that with that uh, relationship and and like the history. Um, also with Dell, I feel like her interactions with Dell were kind of uh, I don't know, just bland. Um, I think my favorite scenes by far. Definitely the ones with Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston on screen, and everyone else sort of fell by the wayside. And I think that's more so due to the writing instead of I would say the, the performances. End, I would say the 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 last act of the film was the most boring to me. Oh yeah, yeah. I was sure. just like I was waiting for it to be over because I'm like, all right, well, we all know what's gonna happen now. I was like in the you know in the little hallway. Were you really? Yeah, I was like because I thought it was over, and then it it was kept going. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I already saw. I already know what's gonna happen. Uh, no, it's a, it's a it's a fine film. Like it does its job, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I don't know. It just doesn't do anything remarkable for me, and I, I wasn't expecting it to. You know, I thought it was gonna be a very passable film. I thought it was gonna be very much like, oh, I can. If it just, I think if it if it shied away from the tropes and then it got more introspective on the two characters and their lives, it just had more like a you know introspect on life in general and like what it you know more theories on on like being rich or being miserable or not wanting to live it plays anymore. it safe like, it really yeah does. like if it went more in that route and like push those characters against those walls a little more uh yeah i'm just left wanting more i do want to watch the the french one I'm very curious now yeah, I looked at the trailer and it seems like it's some like it looks not doesn't look shot for shot, but it looks interesting enough for me to like. Oh, this seems like I might like it more. <laughs> I think it was on Netflix, like years it ago. was because I remember that yeah. poster. I looked at those. I'm like, I've seen yeah. this. Sean, um, get into the game. What'd I'm you on think? board with everyone here. I think it is lame, charming film. I don't hate it, um, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was, I did laugh with a few scenes. I forgot what, I, what especially I laughed at. There was oh, something. I, I here's I remember one thing I actually laughed at, and uh, it's when he's at the opera and he turns around and he goes, "What? You're with him?" And it's this younger girl with this really old guy. Like, why? She's like, yeah. He goes, "Why?" Oh, no, yeah. no. He said, "All right, dude." He did the funny ass <laughs> shit because why? they kept like they kept shushing him. He's like, "I'm about to throw this boat back over there." <laughs> he yeah. said it and start dying. <laughs> but like, I what I really like, liked about that moment. Was was uh, Brian Cranston's character was was letting his guard down. He was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I don't care what people around me think. I'm enjoying this. And because yeah. normally, normally I would hate someone talking in the opera. I'd want to. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. 
Uh, but at this moment in time, I just don't give a fuck. And I liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I feel the same about you guys. Um, or with you guys, not about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it, but you guys are trophy. I feel the same way. Yeah, you guys yeah. are very, just, you guys played, you know, I've seen these characters 10,000 times before. You guys I, never I do, do think that it here. drags a bit, especially in the end. The I don't think, for me, it doesn't really make sense. The what happens in the end and like how they feel towards each other and what will happen after the fact, but um, you go with it because it is, it's it gets uh, lighthearted and it, it's funny. But um, I think this will please a lot of people. But I do think a lot of people think that it's too long for the take your mom thing. to see this. Yeah, maybe it's a mom movie. There was actually a lot of uh younger kids in my show and like a lot of um Kevin Hart fans probably. Yeah, that could be it. Um. I did see a movie that that it reminds you of called Me Before You, and it's kind of similar in the in the premise in terms of like. Oh the, uh, man, oddball. that 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 movie. Uh, uh, You've seen that too, right? Yeah, I've seen yeah. a half of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just a sucker for her, so that's why I watched it. But it's similar in the in terms of like we, we have an oddball who's clearly not like Qualified. eligible to be taking care of this person, but they fall for each other. Thanks because for reminding of that me for that movie. Juxtaposed dynamic. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I need to finish that movie. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, that was a love story. This is just a, I guess, a charming drama comedy. But uh, yeah, thought it was good. Kevin Hart was good. He was funny. Brian Cranston. I don't think he'll get an Oscar, but uh, I think it's uh, a good watch. What's that one movie? Um, The Sessions, or is it The Sessions? Sessions. Yeah. What is it? Not. Is it a horror? No. Uh, the Sessions. I think it's John a, Hawks movie. Yeah, John Hawks. Yeah. I seen that a while back. It reminds me of that too. There's a lot of these. I feel like a lot of them try to go <laughs> for like the Oscar, but there's only been a handful. Um, you guys want to rate it? I don't. I don't really don't have much to say about it, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Um, I think it's a decent little movie. Um, it's cute. Did you guys recognize any place in New York? Like, yeah, I feel like I've recognized dude. I, that sw- I swear that the they were on the Broadway in yeah. Brooklyn. The Rainbow Store. I'm yeah. Oh no, sure they that was... were because remember they were passing. Were they? No, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's they the passed Rainbow Lexington, Store. Lexington Ave. No, but that Rainbow like store he pulls up in front of. He's like, "Hey, come here!" And he pulls up with a nice car to give the check to his, his yeah. ex. That Rainbow Store, I think, is by Halsey. Oh, I know yeah, you're I'm talking sure about. Pretty sure that's on Broadway. I know. You're uh, talking but about. funny enough, it it it's alluding to um, him living in the Bronx, but a, a lot of it looks like Brooklyn. Yeah, a lot of it does, like the projects and shit. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, the the trains were nicer. You know? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, uh, that was throwing me off a couple times. Actually, I was looking at it and thinking it was Brooklyn. I was like, hundred percent like, sure he lived in Brooklyn. Yeah, and then it was like the Bronx. It doesn't look like the Bronx. I don't know. I don't wait, go wait, to the Bronx. Like the Bronx. I don't go to the Bronx often, but I don't know. What did you think that ending scene was? Queens. Yeah, with the house. Of course, man. Every everyone does that. <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna get a house in the Queens. Uh, I want to have a lawn. I want a backyard. That's the dream for people. <laughs> yeah, get a house there could in be. Queens. There's places like that in North Bronx, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, decent watch. Uh, probably won't remember it by so, December. But it's sweet, you know. If you're if you're uh, if your mom wants to go to the movies this month, there's not much out. You, you and her are gonna love it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna think about how like you hated certain things about it, but like when you get out, your mom's gonna be like, "That I like that. That was sweet." And you're not gonna mention. You're not gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, mom." But like you know, the trope towards the third act. Yeah, you know, you're just you're just gonna be like, "Yeah, mom, is very sweet." What? Why? Why? why is, <laughs> these <laughs> voices. <laughs> Anybody else gonna rate this? Thing? I just uh, assume that's what. Steve, what, what you got? Happened. 
I don't fucking know, man. Uh, uh, I give it a heavy two point five. Damn, okay. what a jerk. Show me. No, I know. I know oh, for a fact. Honestly, I'm not gonna watch this shit again. Uh, I'm going a middleweight three, not a low three, not a high three. Middleweight. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go dead center and give it a three. Is that no? That's not dead. <laughs> that's two and a half is dead. <laughs> Out of <center>. six, three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it a half of six. Yeah. Um. I guess that's Honestly, it. I was expecting it to be less than a three. Um, the trailer was nice, though. The trailer was, was good. Yeah, the trailer was okay, uh, I guess. But, yeah. It had, like, those fucking, like, the, those weird, I don't know. I like Color like animations and shit. I don't remember that. It looked like a very 1998 movie. You guys want to pick a movie? It was sweet to me, Harvey. Yeah, I mean, it was sweet. <laughs> All right, cool. I think we know what we're watching next week. You know what I was thinking about the whole time watching this movie? I feel like this was a role meant for Chris Tucker. Like, the way he comes Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Kind of like a numbskull, but, like, really funny and charming. I'd like to see uh, yeah, Eddie a Murphy version, in, these version of that in the late 90s. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, for next week, I guess the only big release is Glass. Yeah, everyone yeah watch I think Glass, Glass is... The 100 uh, episode. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. Mm, not, not thrilled about that, but all right. Yeah, yeah. because our Couldn't last be episode better. of our other... Sh- uh, There's nothing else coming out, though. I mean, w- uh, we, ha- we had an old podcast back in the day. Our last episode was... The Visit? Uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Split? No, it was Visit. Wow. So it's great. Um, yeah, great. I'm, I'm excited for Glass. That should be fun. I heard it's getting um, bashed. Really? Listen, I don't give a shit I'm what, really what uh, critics say about M. Night Shyamalan. Reading good things. But anyways. I just we'll wasn't a huge fan of Split. It was okay. It's you good. just don't get it, man. You just don't get it. Yeah. It's coming from the fucking... The dude who made a fucking last airbender movie because his kid liked that show. That's sweet. Is that is that what he said? <laughs> that's very sweet. Yeah, I think that's why. Uh, that's pretty funny. But come on. Some yeah. things are meant to be left alone. All right. Let's move along on huh? the topic. Um, comedic actors in serious roles. Are we doing that? Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think <laughs> we change it now? I think, um, <laughs> I think we could... You know, I think some actors may have even transitioned... Um, but you know, you could always pick like a, a role that kind of helped transition them or I, even if they're just generally associated with comedy, uh, I think it's still, still a, a thing, right? Right. So, like, I mean, I feel like the classic example is, uh, um, what's his name? To, um, Tim Burton? no, I was going to say like Jim Carrey, Bill Murray, those type of guys. Robin Williams. That's funny because those I have like a list of uh, actors and films they've done more dramatic stuff, and those are the first two that came up: Bill Murray and Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you want to go first, Sean? Do you have any hot takes? Do you have any recommendations? Well, I mean, I think we're all pretty surprised uh, in early two thousands. Yeah, around that area uh, when we saw our boy. Our boy. um, Did uh. Oh, what, what do you call it? Um, what the fuck is that movie called? Is he doing a bit right now? Rain no, Over Me? No, he's freaking for... Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Our boy. That was a good role. That uh, was probably the first thing I saw him in that was like super serious. Yeah, that was the first. That was one that I put down on my list as one movie that was just like, wow, like this is something different that I wasn't expecting him to uh, 
you know to do and it's it's straight drama it's not really yeah. a comedy there's Dark. probably like there's probably some funny moments but like the, the 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 topic and what's going on is pretty serious there's a similar role from him that the movie is what it still has a lot of comedy in it but i think his performance is more serious and that's a uh, pta movie yeah punch, punch drunk, drunk love yeah this comedic overtone especially with like muscles with the Philip Seymour Hoffman has like some of the funniest fucking lines right. in that and movie, then, but it's usually the Adam Sandler. We, yeah, has the, the films that we get from him, where it is a straight drama, is incredible. Like uh, the Meyerowitz stories, like he was amazing in that film. Yeah, and he refuses to do a lot of these because you know it doesn't really generate enough income for it how to much sustain. money does this motherfucker need? <laughs> I think. I mean, I I think he can win an Oscar. To be quite honest, I, I think he has that range that is not quite seen yet. Yeah, I think Marwood's yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, I think Marwood's story shows that he, he can play both. He really right. knows how to uh, balance that lineup. Another mm-hmm. one who, funny enough, is in that film that uh, is Ben Stiller, and he is, you know, you do see him in dramatic roles, but I think Greenberg, even though it is kind of a comedy, he's playing a very dreary, like dark character, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's something. Yeah, that Ben Stiller's definitely. It's one like to yeah, do he's. That. You know, he's not playing anyone. If you look at his career, he's always playing an outrageous yeah. character. I feel like this no, like Noam Baumbach always has these type of actors in this film. Like he did, he had um Jack Black and mm-hmm. um Margaret at the wedding. Yeah, he makes. I think he. I think in Greenbird at least he plays a very human person. Like he's very, very human. Everything about mm-hmm. him, like it's you know yeah with some sort of mental issue. Yeah, he's going. He's. I mean, he's going through through life and he's reaching a point. Like he's in his what forties and he's like you know still very much lost. Right. And he's like, me too, me too. God, man, dude. is that your pick? No, it's not my pick. Okay. I was just bouncing off of that. My, okay, my pick. Uh, we, well, we don't have to do picks. We can just discuss them, I guess. I mean, one that always pops up to me again is uh, you mentioned uh, Robin Williams, but this is the first one I watched, which I thought was a, uh, I would say like, not traditionally a comedic, uh, comedic film is Dead Poet Society. I thought you were gonna say one hour photo. No, no, it's Dead Poet Society. It's you know there is moments, obviously, in that film that he is basically Robin Williams, but I think the the story itself and you know the lessons you kind of get. From Robin it. Williams is notorious for going like full serious mm-hmm. from from his comedic right. Yeah. Yeah. Centennial Man. I think uh, one more one more I would like to throw out there is uh, Jason Siegel in uh, End of Tour. He. It's like it's like weird because I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think at the same around the same time, like I rewatched that. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later, I watched End of Tour, and I'm like, this is a completely different person. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's great in that role. Yeah, yeah. And some actors have definitely done a lot since their breakout serious role. Um, but I have like two picks. Oh, okay. Uh, that it, that really stand out for me. One is one of my favorite movies of all time. That's oh, Lost right. in Translation. You can't you can't use that one anymore. That's done. Too late. No, it's done, dude. We are putting that in the vault. You cannot use that as an answer <laughs> for anything ever again. Well, that's why I have a backup. Oh, man. Um, I don't give a fuck, okay? Uh, so anyways, yeah. I mean, I think when you think about Bill Murray, he's just a goofball. That that goofy guy in those 90s movies and I don't know. I just I was not, I'm not even a huge Bill Murray fan now, to be honest with you. The thing is, I don't but, know where this is like this fandom came from. Yeah, it's I don't know, but like well, it def- I, feel, I think it started before that. I think it started with um right Wes his Anderson. funny shit. Oh, I'm talking about like him. Oh, right. Independent but even film. Wes Anderson movies, he's like goofy. 
Yeah. Uh, but in Lost in Translation is really one of the only times besides maybe Broken Flowers. But oh, well, that was another one I was thinking but, too. But, Broken Flowers but is great. Lost in Translation to me is a little bit more, way more serious than Broken Flowers because of like just his demeanor. <laughs> yeah, his demeanor, and you could just really feel his vulnerability and his character emotional range. Like he's, he's you know, kind of falling in this friendship with this girl, and he also has a marriage back home, and he, he's very depressed about life she's going through a midlife crisis what did question what mm. did she tell him at the end um i don't ever want to know these hoes ain't loyal <laughs> don't, don't deface my ending scene like that stop i believe uh this has been discussed somewhere i think i read what someone says they claim they know it is <laughs> don't remember though all right but anyways the second pick is like uh i think one of the first times he's ever done a serious role and it i think it just fucking catapulted him into serious roles and it probably saved his career it was uh, jonah hill and Moneyball. i think he he was a chubby fat kid that we all laugh at for at least five years or four years or something and then uh, he was a supporting character, not and even. Then, and then he just comes right out of the gates with an Oscar nom, or win? Did he win an Oscar? He might have won the Oscar. Did he? I don't think he did. He might have won You're, the Oscar. Wait, are you talking about Moneyball or Moneyball. Wolf of Wall Street? No, Moneyball. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe he did. I don't know. He really stretches there, but he's also kind of funny in that. Uh, but this is, I think, Moneyball was. It came out before Wolf of Wall Street, but it's also more, um, more serious, and he. He's not funny at all. It's just a, like a pure serious role, and that movie's very serious, I think. Dreary. I like that movie, though. I don't even give a shit about baseball, but it's just like this. It's insi- It's very inside baseball, but it works. See what it did there? Nope, I didn't see it. All right. Yeah, those are my two. One's one of my favorite nice. movies of all time, though. I had to use it. I had to squeeze it in. I was, um, I wanted to talk about a couple, but y'all have already talked about them. Um, Whoops! Yeah, I, I I wanted to mention Punch Drunk Love because uh, well, we didn't go into detail. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love is great, and um, I like uh, how Adam Sandler like really captured like uh, just loneliness and fucking despair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's done that several times, and um, I always get kind of uh, upset when people try to fucking dunk on him and say say he's like a shitty actor and stuff like these people haven't seen what adam sandler can do it's a shame yeah um they they're asleep they sleep i don't want to talk about robin williams and fisher king y'all have already talked about robin williams though um well, what was his first serious role though? I, don't I, mean, know. I don't know fisher king came out, came out like probably 91 and that that movie's great he he plays this like really manic and uh like psychologically tortured yeah homeless man it, uh jeff daniels no no um no, it's not Jeff Daniels. Who's the dude? I forget who it was. He's like he's like a DJ. Oh, um, um, dude from Tron, old guy. Yeah, um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's a great role. That was a great role, and he really allows himself to be like funny because he's like doing these like puns and stuff. But there's also this like really darkness, like dark sadness underneath it. Um, yeah. I don't know what else I can talk about. Um, you, you guys ever see Blue Collar? No, no I don't think so. Uh, Richard Pryor it came out in like '78. Uh, Richard Pryor and these guys decide that they're gonna uh, rob their union. 
because they haven't been they feel like they haven't been treated fairly and they aren't making enough uh so they decide to rob the union and find out like the secret that uh the, the union's like uh doing business with the local mob and so they it's them trying to decide whether or not they should use this money to or this knowledge to extort their union or like go to the cops and uh it's a really good movie and uh richard pryor's uh plays like a more dramatic role it's like one of the few times we get to see him like be fairly serious like this and maybe like superfly he he, he shows his like range but um superfly this is like a really good role for him and he um you get to see like paranoia like spread between the group and him like um having these very like intimate and dramatic conversations with people and showing like how evil like a character like this could become like under certain circumstances it's a pretty good movie. That's um, weird. I can't picture him being serious. Yeah, it's really fucking yeah. hard for him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, tr- I'm trying yeah. to picture it. It just doesn't. Nah. Yeah, it's really good. Maybe uh, maybe we should watch these movies and get fucking woke, Tom. Perhaps. But I don't know. Um, I watched. <laughs> it's funny I that. Well, I guess not. <laughs> it's funny that you brought up Jeff Bridges. Um, the Golden Globes, which I watched a rerun of parts of it. They did like a Jeff Bridges tribute, and I was like, "God damn, I gotta re- revisit some of his his movies." Uh, you know, Starman was he there? One? Yeah, he was there. They just did a Jeff and he, Bridges. He came tribute. up, dude. First of all, he looks hilariously a lot like my my dad, which is funny. Um, but he got up on stage and did this speech, and it was just like, "It's just the sweetest man." Like, he's like everyone's dad like just drunk at a party trying to tell everyone how happy when, he is I, when I first started in this industry no he was just like hey guys you know he's, he's like talking about the environment at times too of course but it was uh it was beautiful I like that Jeff Bridges yeah he's a, he he's seems nice. like a really cool guy I feel so like I can have a drink or five with that guy I can definitely have maybe yeah five drinks or so with that guy he seems like a cool dude I want to see a. Do you think Tron he smokes marijuana? You think he smokes marijuanas? Probably. He's the dude, man. <laughs> Old dude, arena. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if they rebooted Tron though? But like uh, a good reboot. But like they've already done it, and let's be honest, I don't think Disney's uh, all about doing good reboots. Yeah, I think they could. Be. I could think they could work don't something. Get me started. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Did cool. we trigger you? <laughs> Unknowingly, we triggered Just you. Like, ugh. Just why is it? I would love to see a reboot of. Uh, I would love to see Tron again. Don't get me wrong. The third Just, time. Yeah, why not? I don't got nothing else going on. on. All right. That's it for our topic. Oh, so speaking of, I just want to backtrack because it popped in my head and I don't know how to let things go. Um, Oh, here we go. uh, Mining the Gap was on Obama's list of favorite movies of 2018. Could you imagine being that kid? Right? What? What? the mining the gap is on Obama's list, but like, could you imagine like being that kid? Like, you just made this documentary about your friends, yeah. and then fucking Obama puts that shit on. That's crazy to me, man. That's crazy. Imagine what he, he's what feeling if, like. What if it was Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I saw this great meme. I showed Harvey meat. last night. It was like, "Hey, we're aliens." So I'm like, "Oh, you're aliens? Where, where, where are we? Earth, America?" And he's like, "Take me to your leader." And, and then it goes, you sure? And it's that, that dude doing this face in the meme. <laughs> Which is not good for the podcast. Yeah. But you know the face. The, nope. the lips, the... Uh, I don't know. This is great audio. <laughs> great audio. <content laughs> great meme. So I'm glad I brought it up in this podcast. Let's so move glad. on. Oh, uh, yes. We're going to play a game. So this is called Get Wrecked. Get wrecked. Uh, this is where you roll a 12-sided die. 
roller of the lowest number has to watch a movie, treat or punishment, picked by the roll of the highest. No, I think we're, we're... Oh, so we're back to the other way, where the yeah, loser of last game has to pick a movie and he sits it out. Yep. I will. Uh, I lost last week. I'm going to pick a movie for the okay. lucky winner. Let's do it. <laughs> Quit saying you're a loser. You're a winner. You're, you're a getting loser? a movie. I got a seven. Hi, right, Steve. I want you to know that I don't have anything picked out for you guys. What, are you switching out dice? No, Chill. that's not fair. Steve has a weighted that's dice. It's a, if you it's get a 12, a, dude. I have, I have to re-roll. I'm dude, no, dude, no, 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 dude, no, 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 no. he got a fucking 12. Dude, you can't bring your own you dice and roll a 12. You no, you can't do that. No, no, no. You have to use the game roll, dice. You can't roll a different game dice. Game dice. You cannot. No, this is my special dice. This is my lucky dice. I'm sure it's special, you can't yeah. Roll, you can't roll a different dice. All right, watch, watch. Oh wow! So, yeah, you triggered it to get a one. The weight went the other way. The table's curved. You can't roll a different dice. What? No way! Why not? It's a D twelve. It doesn't matter. They're nah, two I different dice. Nah, roll the game dice. This is insane. Nah, do the do the other dice. This is bullshit. It's not bullshit. They're two different dice. If, if it's the if it's the same, then why do you want to roll your own? It's because I like the color in this one. Yeah, but it could have different if you like curvatures. Use that one, we all have to use that one. No, I don't like the inception one. Well, they have to use that one. Got them. And you got a one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fucked Dude, up. How'd it's you two lose? different dice. It's not fucked up. If you went to a casino, you're not gonna fucking like oh, roll. No, you got a one. He <sighs> lost. I mean, if I don't get a one. <laughs> oh my god, this is good shit. I'm taking my first roll. I got a twelve. Ooh, I would have lost, but I got a three. All right, Steve. <laughs> the jury's in. Bullshit, man. That's, That's bullshit. fucking collusion. That's you can't bullshit. switch out dice if you go to a casino. You can't switch out dice. Why can't I use my own dice? Hey, uh, dealer, you mind if I use my dice? I brought it. This is not a casino. This is bullshit. As you can see, they have the same amount of sides. It's it's fair. It's legit. It was legit. It's, it's not weighted. Not, it doesn't matter if it's weighted or not. These it's two different dice. Dude, they're the same shit. Look at them. Eh. Look at them. They're the same thing. Yeah, but this they might not be. We don't. We don't have a. A microscope to check out the minor differences that could affect the roll speed and, and whatnot. Bitch, what roll speed? Oh. Everyone, everyone's got to roll the same dice. We'll take a poll. All right, Steve. Are you ready for this? Yeah, bring that mic to your mouth. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, Steve. I honestly want to give you some great things from like 2017 that you didn't see um, that we've talked about on the show. But everyone will give me shit for it. No, no, no. So not I got to dig deep, unfortunately. And uh, I want you to see Falling Down, the Michael Douglas movie. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Dude, when my friend showed me this for the first time, it was one of the most weird experiences I've ever had because, I don't know, it's just, it's so bananas. Is it like a finger up your butt? What? All right. we. <laughs> what movie was that? <laughs> Sean, do you remember like an episode... Two uh, or two ago, like maybe three episodes ago, where we were equating a movie to a finger up the butt you didn't know you wanted. <laughs> maybe I wasn't here. I don't think he was here. I think it was me, you, and Harvey. And oh, Harvey, Harvey just Harvey, kept. Do you remember? Harvey just get, kept giving us looks. He's like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" Might have been game night. No, it wasn't game night. Game night is definitely not a no. I gotta know, but anyways, yeah, Steve, check out Falling Down. Um, you'll understand why I'm so angry. Okay. Maybe I'll figure. Maybe you know what? Maybe You're, this is an opportunity to learn a little bit more about Thomas. Yeah, it the is. Person. It is. Yeah, I believe I brought this up on one of our topics too. You bring movie. this movie up a lot. <laughs> so good. <laughs> this is about to go in the fucking vault. No, nope. there, there's Lost in Translation. The next is falling down. 
So after this, American he can't, Honey's in the vault. Yeah, American Honey's definitely in the vault. Damn, I never win. <laughs> I want to give Steve some shit that I think he would like. No, you don't get nothing. Like some early, not early, but 90s Polanski movies. Boring. Sean would know what Ninth I like. They're, they're no falling down. That's for sure. Okay, I'll watch it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear, like, I don't think the movie holds up. I feel personally. like I haven't given anybody a movie in a year. No, you haven't. Well, you have, you've missed, like, a month. Well, That's next, not true. Next, next week you is going to be a big episode. Missed like four weeks in a row. Next Maybe. week is going to be a big episode. I'm, I'm counting up overall losses Wait, what? from the past hundred episodes. Oh right, like who lost the most? Oh yeah. I was, I usually do it at the end of the year, but I was like, no, I'm going to hold off for the hundredth episode. Yeah, we can do that. We'll do some stats for the hundredth episode. Oh yeah. So, okay. uh, so we'll see who's actually the big winner here. I'm assuming it's either me or Sean. Not gonna lie. All right. Cool. And Can't Harvey, for, most dude, I'm lost. excited for you to watch Falling Down. Okay. I'm it's so too. brutally 90s that <laughs> I can't wait. I want to uh, experience this. It's, it cracks me up. All right. That's it for me. You want to drive us home, Sean? Us? Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, let's do it. He <laughs> 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 caught me off guard. You're like, oh, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, let's go for it, man. <laughs> I forgot. You took the train here, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Later, you're playing. You're going to drive me home? Huh? Are you going to drive me home? Yeah, why not? Oh shit! Nice. Yes. I didn't want that forty-five minute drive or ride home. The real question is what I'm having for dinner. You guys in so the let's back hurry though. this up. All right, I'm fine. Got some documents in the front. Take us home and take me home after. All right, let's go. <laughs> I guess that's it. Next week we got a uh, one hundred uh, extravaganza. We're also gonna be talking about glass, right? And then uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna do something cool, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, check us out. Uh, do the right film dot com. Uh, we're also on social media. Uh, to the right film underscore podcast on Instagram, the gram, and uh, leave us a review. The book, yeah, check me out on Twitch, uh, Night Run 89. <laughs> and check me out now. I'm not doing this. I might do a guest spot on either one of their Twitch channels, so just check me out as well. Oh, yeah, Twitch they're, channels. They're, they're gonna we could, we could Twitch the podcast, you know that, right? We could, a lot of yeah. people Twitch non game stuff, yeah, we could. It, it seems like same. a lot of work. If I can wrap my head around all the shit we need over the next week, I'll, I'll consider. What if we What if we Twitch me playing Red Dead, but with the podcast in the background? No, like we're recording the podcast, but I'm still playing Red Dead, like this. That just sounds like a way for you to play. Can I play Smash? <laughs> sure. All right. So me and Harvey are really going to be talking about movies the whole time while you guys playing games. I mean, I'll talk about my movies, and then when you guys talk, yeah. I'll play. All right. Yeah. So that's 100 episode coming up. It's going to be a big one, big celebration. And then not too long after that, we'll have our Oscar shit. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, guys. Steve. Oh, it's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs>